Welcome to Beer and a Movie, the podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies. Sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to watch the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am one of your co-hosts. With me as always, Joe Hilliard. And Dave Gurney. And we're doing the things that we do, how we do them, you know. Uh, we're going to appropriately moisten the glasses first and Please, then talk I'm, about I'm um, back to our, our, our new release with a supplemental uh, archival I don't know what I, throwback Go, going back into the archives going back, going yeah. back into the archives um, yeah yeah back to the regularly scheduled programming now that there's new movies that we can see uh, yeah but first there's 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 no time to waste no we must get into the beer because if we're gonna properly uh, contemplate this film that we have before us we need to get some hazy IPA in our glasses this is, is coming to us from Sun Lab that is some top Top tier broadcasting <laughs> right there, folks. Take notes. Uh, Sunlab, which is actually brewed and canned by Westbrook Brewing Company out of Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. I know we have had um, Westbrook beer, and we've also had other Sunlab beer. They're they're based out of Miami, but they're having this brewed at uh, Westbrook. And this one is a double dry hopped Hazy India Pale Ale with Citra, Huel Melon, and Hallertau Blanc uh, hops in it and seven percent alcohol so i know you guys have already cracked one i'm gonna crack this one there's some very unfortunate dgm happening over here oh i thought it was a well cleaned glass what, a little did what I do know. you yeah i mean with the best of intentions it's i always hazy. try to get my glass clean it has a really nice opaqueness it's got a good look or lack thereof or, no opaqueness, opaqueness with is the, correct, the haziness yeah. and then <laughs> <laughs> he's wafting we, we, I'm trying to catch melon. Oh, oh. Do you, do you have any? I, you know, I. Well, it's not. It, Heel melon is the is the name of the hop. hop. It's, not it's, not hop. Actual, it's not actual melon, though. Of course, but it has it does have a melon aroma. It, it, I can get. I could get that. Like there is a slight, uh, maybe like a honeydew. Like what's a very mild melon? I, can, I love a honeydew. Mm. I love a honeydew. I love a cantaloupe. Right. I don't understand the hate uh, towards those melons. Texture. No, I don't, I don't yeah, either. I, I'm not a huge melon person, but I've yeah. never been against melon. But if you like right. watermelon and you don't like those things... Yes, yeah, some people have a texture problem with melon in general. But I don't yeah. like watermelon. We digress. Yeah. We digress. <laughs> well, so, thanks for, for bringing this one, David. Sure. Uh, it is a good tie-in, because we're going to watch a film that uh, the Academy Award nomination for it as Best Picture would suggest that it is contemplative, as and, Academy Award winning right. nominated films t- tend to be. But we're finally getting our eyeballs on The Father, which is the last of the best picture nominees that I think all three of us have seen. We've seen all of them prior to this, prior to now. I think we've done them all on the show, which I would say, yeah. what a year for beer in a movie, That how well we predicted <laughs> uh, the best picture nominees by yeah. making sure that we had done them all before uh, the nominations were announced. We did our best. We did our best. Well, this one's finally out. Yeah. With a twenty dollars price tag, uh, by yeah, the way. right. It is the premium <laughs> rental phase. Okay, so we'll ask that question maybe at the end of our review. Was it worth the twenty dollars? Sure, sure. But this is Anthony Hopkins's show. He is uh, clearly, you know, trying to earn another Academy Award, and we'll talk about when he won it in the second half. Um, that was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> it's called The Father. Uh, it is stars Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman, who we all three, I think, unanimously loved in the fa- uh, the the favorite. Oh, absolutely! The favorite. It took yeah, me a couple. A couple of it took me ago. a couple of viewings. If uh, 
if listeners remember, I, I, I wasn't super keen on that film, our first go around. Yeah. But then for Dr. Huey's best picture, I think. Oh, yeah. I watched it a second time. That's what Bill Huey does. That he just, is what Bill Huey does. He opens does. your eyes. He does. Man. Uh, and then the I was myth. like, you know, I might have been an asshole about this the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had a problem with the fish eyelids. That's true. That's true. You did have a real problem with the cinematography. Well, we loved and her, and she's in yes. the father playing the daughter, too. Anthony Hopkins, the father character. It's co-written, and it was directed by Florian Zeller based on his play. Right. His first time as a director. That's right. But uh, for the screen. But he's been playwriting and directing for the stage, I think, for many years. Yeah. Yeah. And it it conveys an unknown, I would say, period of time when you get to the end of it, when you understand what's what you have seen prior to now. But it's it's a father who is dealing with his daughter as as she and her husband and others grip with the idea that he's moving farther and farther into into like a dementia. Right. And it, the film what the film does is and what I don't want to review yet. So that's 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 the film. <laughs> that's and, the premise. And there, a, is, yeah, the, no, the, there is talk of putting him into a facility. There is talk of him loving his flat that he's owned for thirty years right. in London and not wanting to be moved from it. There is some mistaken identity as we come to grips with just how bad his memory loss and is, and it gives Anthony Hopkins. A chance to really flex the muscles that Academy Award nominated films tend to like to flex, which is a, a wide range of human emotion. Yeah, yeah. That's what a synopsis, Joe. You, you've you. you've really knocked it out of the park. And yet, thank you. It's impossible to do a film like this justice with a synopsis, right? Well, it's multi-layered, as you find out as the film goes yeah, on. Yeah, because I mean, it's a seemingly simple premise, right? Man suffering. Uh, what we believe to like be early dementia. onset dementia, yeah, the way that it's presented at the beginning. We know memories involved. Is it early we, onset at his age? Yeah, no, maybe not. But still. Well, early onset, I'm talking about the idea the of early first stages, exhibiting uh, The early symptoms. stages. Oh, right. okay. Um, because the film is at that the what beginning. That means? No, I think early onset would mean getting it at a younger age, but maybe early stage. Okay. Well, why don't we answer yeah. it in after hours? We, we'll look into that. This is, I feel, unanswered questions. Let's see, we'll do a crossover. I, I, okay, well, when I said early onset, I meant, like, we believed we were yeah. seeing someone yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of coming to terms with the idea that his memory is slipping. It's Yeah, it's the beginning stages. He ha- he hasn't totally mm-hmm. can't, accepted. He can't find his watch, but yeah. he eventually finds it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, he mistakes but a name and mistakes a face from time to time. Right, right. Which I've seen films like that. There's a great film away from her from just a few years back. Sarah Polly, uh, who's a great Never filmmaker. Saw it. It was on, we definitely on my list. I think definitely need to do her oh. on an episode. Um, what was the movie one more time? Away from her. Away from her. And Julie Christie. And uh, I'm going to forget the male actor, but. Older couple. One of them goes into a home is suffering dementia, right. Alzheimer's, and totally loses her uh, memories of her husband, but then ends up developing a relationship with one of the other patients in the facility. And it's a really heart wrenching and kind of, but, but it's fairly, um, you know, fairly linear. This film, the father does something pretty incredible. I think with its narrative uh, approach that achieves at least, two things right one is it creates kind of a puzzle film 
right? This is, you start watching it and it's sort of a puzzle film for the viewer because you're trying to piece together. You see a scene take place between two actors who seem to have a certain kind of relationship and recognize each other as certain people, certain characters. And then you see another scene unfold where a new actor comes and seems to be in the place of that character Mm -hmm. and the other character seems aware of it but (laughs) and so you're trying to figure out who is actually which character where are they actually situated in time Uh who is threatening to leave this city to go to paris is anybody it becomes like this weird sort of um you almost you'd have to compare it to like some sort of absurdist kind of uh, comedy like a Louis Bunuel film where you'd have characters just show up and start reversing you know positions in, in a scene mm-hmm. but you realize it's connected to his memory loss and so it becomes a device for there's, there's more devices. conveying yeah, there's yeah. A, the, the, the device of the apartment always being a little different right exactly from scene to scene. you're seeing a set that's clearly the same set but they've dressed it differently they've moved furniture they've yeah. put yes yeah but it's always his he always claims it's his he mm-hmm. always recognizes it as his yeah it's like how in sound of metal the audio is edited in a way to reflect yeah. Rizamid's hearing loss right you see olivia williams who i was delighted to see show up yeah I, Miss, mrs cross miss yes, cross miss no, cross from no rushmore. it's miss it's miss from rushmore yeah. right uh, yeah that wasn't her married name the, yeah. right that, that's yeah she yeah. Had, yeah. Uh, i'll always know her as miss cross there you yeah. go doesn't doesn't show up role. in enough stuff but i think she's great um and then uh motherfucker i just, I just had the cat. Hopkins? Ru- Rufus Sewell uh-huh. from A Knight's oh, Tale. Yeah. The yeah. classic early aughts. Uh, well, and I think Ledger, more pertinent to us, yeah. I, Imogen Poots, who I've liked. Love uh, Art Imogen of Self Poots. Defense. Art of Self Defense, Green Room. She was in a very unfortunate Nick Hornby adaptation of what was an otherwise pretty good novel and just did not translate okay. well to the screen, partially on the. Uh, back of a very underwhelming Pierce Brosnan performance, yeah. uh, as I feel most tend to be. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, he's calling these different people to different names, and it, it is crazy. It's it's mind bending, I think, to watch a little bit because. But but in service of something that mind-bending films almost never are, right? It's like watching a Christopher Nolan film in some sense where you're trying to piece together and like, what can I... Like Memento, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what can I rely on here? Yeah. Where is... Okay, what is an, what's a truth who's, that who's I can feel is like an anchor? Is it, okay, it's whenever Olivia Coleman appears and she... Okay, she seems to be bedrock truth. Everybody else is humoring him or willing to go... And it's so interesting to kind of puzzle it through. But then... By the end of it, you realize you're not puzzling it to come to a solution because there is no fucking solution. Yeah. It is the sheer terror of living your life in every moment. It, it's worse than just losing your mind because it's your, you're losing your memory, but you still hold on and you feel like you have control of your thought. You think that these things that you know Like you are think truth. you remember stuff. Right. Yeah. You're my daughter. This is the point in time we're at. You're married. You're not married. You've gotten divorced. And whatever it is, you click into that gear, and it is the gear you're in. And so you see these scenes unfold, Uh and there he is in that moment, but terribly confused because nobody else is there with him. Yeah. Yeah, it's so frightening by by the end of it. I mean... And then when you get to the end, we'll go go there. Uh, It turns out that he has been living all along in a assisted living facility. Right. That the, that his daughter has moved to Paris, mm-hmm. and 
I take away that we're watching him trying to get through the day with his memories yeah. serving, yeah. filling in the blanks and, and putting him back in his flat that he loves and yeah. with the people that loved him. And Right, right. That's, that's what I think, too. I mean, I think that the way but I... Because in- of the way that the workers at that facility enter into the narrative prior. Yes, right. You've seen them show up in scenes that he's seeing unfolding in this apartment. And these, but he and, can't piece. Is that my daughter? It's a female that she looks like? And, or, the, or is yeah. this her husband? And, yeah. You know, that, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah it's, I, I, I will, I've been preparing how to say this part mm-hmm. all day long. Um, my father passed 11 months ago uh, with dementia that came on fast at the very end. Mm. And uh, my mom, when I was real young, took me to a film, and I spent 45 minutes today trying to find it, trying to find the title. Uh, it was a film about a Baptist preacher and his daughter and blah, 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 and my mom wept during it. I would have been in middle school, I think. Hmm. The movie was horrible. <laughs> but my mother took away from it something that I can't. Because it was so close to like her real life that that defines her. Oh, Everything yeah. I just mentioned is her life, and this movie has a subjective impact because of very very fresh experiences that were very very similar. Is that right? And what yeah. the film did that blew my mind was it presented it not as a cuckoo's nest style observation mm. of quote-unquote crazy people, people with dementia. I, I, I hope that you understand from what I'm saying that I'm not belittling that right, at all, right. being sarcastic. It presents it from his point of view, and it's genius. Yeah. His point of view. Yeah. The, the audience is just as confused, probably less confused, really, than if this were a real person. It's such a simple film, though. Well, it's a handful of actors. It's really one set. Yeah. Two well, or and three. it was and it, okay. And and back to our old uh, topic. You know, it was originally a stage play. Yeah, I'm, I was going to come back to that. And it's it's interesting because never would have guessed. I mean, I can see how it could I be can, done. Yeah. I, you sure, know, it now it makes sense, yeah, and I bet it. it would be a fun thing to see staged because it would be kind of thrilling that they would change the set just a little bit between each scene and the different actors. Would I mean, I think it would different be... different sections of the stage. Yeah, yeah, I think it would be a really interesting experience, but it adapts so well to film, oh, yeah. and yeah. I think you know d- just the attention to detail with the set design and the production design overall. It really pays off over the course of the film, r- right up to um, you know the very end, and and how the environment changes so much with you know finding him in the facility there, yeah. and finally when you kind of expose, I think at the and point, him doing yeah. the same things like subtle things like drawing the curtains open quickly. Yeah, yeah. He did that back at his old house. Yeah, he's recreating his life the best way that he can mm-hmm. in that facility. And not to belabor the point, and, and Carlos, I wanted to hear what you thought about the theatrical adaptation. That was my dad, man. I mean, it was trying to find the best place for him, but I never got into his mind about it all. Yeah, he was the. Well, you're reacting. He was that poor thing over there. You were one of the the people who had to try to help him. Yeah, and 
you can't reorient him because as you're experiencing in the film, like he's oh, in the oh, moment that he's in. Oh, especially the, the the nurses that say over and over, you remember, right? You remember, right? Yeah. You remember. Oh my God, that hits home. I yeah. mean, I wept during this movie for reasons that I know yeah. you two probably did not. And that, that subjective notion, and the, and the most that we've psychologically kind of discussed that here on the show is the ages that we are and what we saw in high school and when we were introduced to this ad director or that director. It makes sense to me that Carlos's movie stars are different than my movie stars and probably different than your movie stars to a degree. I only watch the vlog squad these days. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, you're coming from a completely real young <laughs> base. I'm curious point of how view. many of our listeners understand that reference because I certainly don't. Yeah. I, I want you to look it up. There's some controversy going on uh, right now. Okay. Carlos, I derailed you from the talking about that theatrical thing. Oh, I mean, no, not really. I just interjected because it was something I almost forgot to bring well, up. Well, how did you feel? Did you think it, it played out well on the screen? Do you well, think it. So, you know, it's funny because whenever I was watching it, I was watching it with my friend Nathan who came down from Austin this weekend. Um, and also, can I just say, I, I I had, I guess, my first like little mini beer share kind of thing because Nathan brought a ton of stuff down because okay. um, he's fully vaccinated and I'm, I guess, 85% just like you've had your first dose yeah uh, man and sure you know we were outside and everything and it was you know it was still sure, very yeah. whatever we're but there just, it's fine yeah yeah well no but i mean even with those kind of caveats yeah. yeah where like normally we would just be sitting we would just be standing around my kitchen island or something you right. know playing records but we were outside and i was still like man this is sick <laughs> like <laughs> it was such like a to be able to sit welcome and drink reprieve and, oh well that's to, nice uh, yeah uh just like cracking beers with yeah. your bros friend, you yeah know? um but well that's why this week's been special every week and yeah. this day of the week yeah i mean we, we do that we get a semblance of yeah. that yes yeah, yeah. we've been fortunate enough to do that you were um but he was in town and like i was i was telling david uh just before we started recording uh, i think you're in the other room but he, he he came over sunday um friday was when we had the beers but sunday he came over and you know we we're just watching whatever and um, and then I realized that it was like 6 p.m. or something, and then I, that I needed to, you know, I needed to watch the movie, and rather than maybe, I don't know, kind of not watch it because somebody was over and it's not like fun and kind of hangout vibes or whatever, I was just, just like, you know what, I've got to do shot. it. Yeah. Like here we are, and so I and so I, I didn't my medicine. I didn't say anything to him <laughs> about what about the film, and I put it on. And, and we were watching, I mean, and we were having a lot of the kind of conversations uh, around some of the things you just brought up. Um, but I remember probably like, there's only probably like 20 minutes left. I was like, this is so fucking brilliant how this is all in one place. Mm-hmm. Especially because Hopkins has a lot of history in the theater, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. He did, although he did. I mean, I think he stayed away from the stage. But yes, his I think for like a good 20, 30 years of his career, he was doing a lot of stage work. Yeah, yeah. and so... And so, the if fact, only I can make a movie that'll make me a worldwide star. I mean, this <laughs> yeah. is a guy. That, I know we're going to talk about him more Ooh. broadly in this, but what an incredible like figure, just in terms of his, what he covered in terms of acting. But go go ahead. Um, I just thought it was interesting the fact that I said that and didn't even it didn't occur to me that we could be in a stage play adaptation situation. Yeah. I was just like. Oh yeah, that's because it just felt like good just, economical oh, yeah. well, storytelling, and, and it made sense. It didn't yeah. feel like. Especially because of, you know, I guess like 
like the set changing and like the different actors coming in and out and some of that kind of editing there's you know trickery yeah and it's I don't know. It's not really like sophisticated or like insane trickery or anything, but it's just like things that happen in the edit that are done very well and that it didn't seem to me like, you know, I hate to, I hate to belabor the point, but when you watch Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, it is so clearly an adaptation of a stage play just in virtue of like how, like how long certain characters like monologues are and just the, the way the dialogue is written, even not just the rest of it, but even just the way the dialogue is written and how it's like big chunks well, of time that, given to you know, and that has also and, the fact that it's not playing around with time for, at well, all. For sure, it is really just a snapshot of a. Mo- it's like unfolding before your eyes. But there are some that you can kind of, when you're watching the film, even if you didn't know, you could be like, "Oh, this kind of feels like stage play." But this never felt. It never. No, even I didn't. Well, they did. They did the right thing. They took a. They did it they, very well. They took well. theater and adapted mm-hmm. it to cinema, and all of the trickery that we're talking I, about is cinematic. What trickery. I was going to say as, as you were saying that is, I actually immediately after finishing it felt like I need to watch this again because I don't think I was paying enough attention to how they were. The framing the shots yeah. and the editing patterns because I think there was some differentiation going on in there depending on the kind of mood that he slipped into and right. the way the characters were interacting with him. And which I, actors were I on was the thinking screen. about which because there were some really tight shots, especially as he was getting into more tense moments with mm-hmm. some of the the other characters. So I don't know. I just I think actually there's there was a lot there that felt like there was a, a visual style to it that I wanted to understand more. It makes me want to go back to it and look. So I feel like this is, yes, good storytelling in terms of how he wrote it and in terms of how he got the actors to perform it, but I also came away feeling like this is a pretty visually um, outstanding film, and I want to go back and I want to think about how it was put together. Utilizing the tools at your disposal when going from the stage to the screen is a yeah i mean it's a huge part of what is going to keep you from falling into that oh yeah this is clearly an adaptation thing and like i think and, a lot of just it seeing is someone who's being e- willing to mess around with the framing because yeah. if seeing you're someone who's if interested in at, doing that staying at like a long shot yeah. or a medium long like shot, a stage yeah. it feels like you're watching yeah. characters on a stage whereas if you're constantly moving and through editing giving us these visual cues yeah. that tell us more about the character's face and that then we're getting into cinematic storytelling okay so this very well this could win best picture you could, could I don't think it would be a bad choice. I I think it would be a real long shot, but do you think that it's worth the $20 price point? Yeah. I do. If you're I think if you're a serious film lover and most anybody listening to this podcast, I think puts themselves in that category, I would hope they do you were not going to feel cheated. I mean, you may not love the film and it and it is a torturous kind of experience. I mean, Joe was talking about, you know, the the kind of state it put you in in terms of you know, uh, emotional sad emotions, right? Yeah. Um and I felt the same thing. I mean, maybe not to the extent that yeah. you did. I was crying by the end though. I yeah. mean, that final scene is just as gut-wrenching as yeah. as you can get where he's just I, falling the, apart. The final scene was the hammiest scene, but he, yeah, but I, he earned and, and it. That's not when I was. I know, weeping but he earned and it. Making sure that no it. one was looking at me. The <laughs> scene where he's he's with his nurse. Yeah, at the end, and he curls well, up and he understands what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I didn't find it that hammy. Yeah. I don't think. Well, it's it's over the top, but it but it, I think a 
man in that moment uh, is over I, the top. It's not even a criticism. I'm yeah. just uh, as from a from an yeah. observation. Right. Okay. Here's my second question, and I intended on asking this when we finally got to see Minari, which is also nominated for Best Picture. The top five that we presented in our Best of 2020 episode a has few episodes these, ago has uh, anything shifted hmm. with ma- the introduction of Minari and the Father, the other two big, you know, award lauded films. I don't think I mean I I structure I think I said it on the episode that I structured my top five in a these are my favorite um, these are my favorites yeah not I don't I'm not saying that these are the most okay. technically so, so did Minari or the Father creep in there I don't think so I mean I think that the Father's an amazing movie I think it's genius actually I mean and it may be the best film. Of the, I th- I think it might be the best film of the year. <laughs> okay, it's my number one. But but no, but it, but it's <laughs> no, not my but it's not my number one. I hear you. Like I, I probably will rewatch this at some point, but I'm not super. Not, I'm not super eager to. And within it's, tw- within 48 hours. Yeah, <laughs> I've got I've got, hours. I've got yeah. another 24. I'll wait until it gets left. on the free platforms, but or the ones that I'm already paying for. It, it's probably in my top ten. Same question to you, David. I'd, I feel like I would need a little more time to reevaluate before I start shifting. I, it had both of those films have the potential yeah. to nudge things out. And, and I would say both of them, actually, if I'm thinking about my top 10, which I essentially revealed on the Show. end of the year podcast, yeah. I, I would need to I would need to seriously think about it. But I think they do slide in there maybe in the top 10. I like this film better than Nomadland. Wow. I don't want to remove Possessor from my top five. I know, but that was So Possessor's going to three. Father is... Oh, fuck. No, Possessor's going to four. Father's going to five. Nomad leaves my top five. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And and Nomad Land's going to win the Academy Award because it's got the the grease. It's got so much love it doesn't even need your love anymore. Yeah, it's got the momentum going (laughs) into the Joe already gave it the little nudge he needed to. and now I I believe that The Father is a better film than Nomadland. Well, if you're gonna put, if you're gonna have to make clip, flip a coin, and I think they're both great accomplishments. They are. You're right. And in and, and all those films you just mentioned, Possessor, I I hate the idea of that Possessor's coming out of my, my top, top five. five. I I hate the idea of that. Yeah, well, but hmm. these these are great films. I think I think one of the things that puts this film so high up in the conversation about best film is because true genius lies in simplicity mm-hmm. like you know when someone right. simple you know when you ask like neil degrasse tyson something about like science or astronomy or whatever he is able to explain it in a way that like a a layman a, a can fifth understand grader can a understand you know he's understand. able yes. to explain it in such simple terms and that's where that's where the elegance is in the in the father is that it's so simple in its premise and seemingly yeah. so simple in its execution yet vastly more complex than maybe you would think if you weren't really, really? paying super close yeah. attention and i mean we all I, everyone basically that's in this movie, we all know how fucking good at acting they are, you know. And but then the, they don't have to they, prove anything. Well, but they show, they remind they us. Yeah, at they least, do. at least Anthony Hopkins reminds us because it's yeah. been a Ain't while since a he's Coleman. really has been nice in a big thing. You know, he right. appears in Thor from time to time. I was, was going to say, like, but yeah, his he's biggest not, role in the last decade. His is mortgage payments due. Yeah, he, Thor. Yeah, he's not nah. really like. 
he's not really doing a lot in those movies. Yeah. He just kind of shows up and is like is Anthony Hopkins and then like uh-huh. goes well, on you or whatever, know in but the one that I missed that I need to catch up on is the two popes I never watched that you know, right. he was nominated last he was. year for that so he uh, apparently um, Brazil uh, Jonathan Price yeah. Jonathan yeah. Price yeah can I say one more thing uh, the scene where Anthony Hopkins is meeting Anthony. with I'm uh, Imogen Poots who is going to be his new nurse yeah his new live-in mm-hmm. kind of caretaker Kara. He puts on this charming show of I mm-hmm. used to be a dancer and I can tap I was in dance the circus. Let me show yeah. you how to do it and all that kind of thing. And before we're understanding what we're actually seeing, that just reminded me of like, oh, Dad's having a good day, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's what I thought we were watching. Mm-hmm. But they sure do pull the rug underneath from underneath you and should and, and reveal that they're showing you so much much more, yeah. which is this fractured set of memories that I'm trying to put together into a puzzle that makes sense for me, and uh, it's 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 pretty brilliant actually. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, this is a good call. You yeah, know when your expectations are low and then they're surpassed by 100 miles is that what you feel like this time see i just didn't have any expectations because as david will tell you i didn't know what the fuck it was about until the day (laughs) before i saw it it's about about a priest that's what i thought i got i got i got a little hint of it i mean i think whenever i heard about it i knew okay it's like an elderly man suffering memory you know yeah i'm like okay i kind of know what direction it's going to go in and that can either be really it can either really come off as just a stunt to let this actor show off mm-hmm. or it can come off like this where it's a really thoughtful and I know you've said simple and I get where you're coming from but such a genius move to as Joe pointed out switch the typical perspective that we have on that which is the outside looking in and really put us inside yeah. and make us you know sort of experience that it, it's it's a brilliant little film and it feels small. It feels like intimate. It feels very, you know, I watched this at home. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, it was one of the few films that I can say watching it at home didn't feel like quite as much of a sin uh, for not seeing it on the yeah. big screen. Until you know get, what I mean? Let's talk about that in our second movie. Yeah. 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 Early onset means occurring early in a person's life and I feel, okay. and I feel like a fool. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, that we just, we, we, we figured it out. It could have gone either you way. You had yeah. to contemplate a little bit oh, before oh, you got oh, to that. Oh, 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 that's a segue, oh, baby. And that's where we come back to this beer we've been sipping on the whole time. I contemplated the shit out of this beer quickly. I'm loving it, yeah. and I'm I'm going to come right out and say it because this is... I feel like it's been a while since I've been able to say this. I, it happened a few times early in the pandemic. It was like maybe early summer where we were like, this is just a really solid interpretation of the IPA and, and it's yeah. a hazy yeah. but it's got a little a bit more of a bitterness than a typical hazy does but it's a really nice complex kind of hot profile that's going on I am getting some of those fruity notes like a, little hints of citrus but it's also got some real dankness to it I don't know it's just a nice solid hazy IPA that I'm really enjoying drinking uh, the genius of this beer lies in its simplicity mm. <laughs> There you go. Look at that. Tying it back. I love it. It is... Drinking it has made me confused. <laughs> there's, there's, I don't exactly know where I am. There's no... Uh, that tends to happen with uh, with, a, with a really good crushable IPA. There you IPA. go. Yeah. Um, what, this, what this beer does well... I mean, there's no adjuncts. There's no... no. 
there's not even lactose or anything more subtle like that. Um, uh, it's just there's the grain bill, there's the water. Put the hops in there. There's the pitch not filtering the, it. There's the, the using the yeast that makes pitch it the a little. Yeast yeah, there you go. And let it rock. Like it's it's the the ingredients that make up a beer. But you know, if you just told somebody like, oh, this, this, and this, and this, or in this beer or whatever, they're like, okay, so it's like a pretty normal like beer IPA. But the way that it's executed, there's a little more to it than maybe meets the eye of just the normal four ingredients of a beer. I made a melon joke earlier, but the beer is very fragrant as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 delicious. I think it's unanimous. I'm going to call this one of my top five beers of the year so far. Well, it's a lot of fun when we get to drink a great beer mm-hmm. and talk about a truly great film that this even if we can't all necessarily agree that it's in in the top five zero failure um that that we all feel it's one worthy of attention so that's pretty exciting coming out of the gate with the first half like this i'm almost scared what we're gonna do with the second half but honestly <laughs> it can't go as well right uh, can it i don't know Let's it typically doesn't <laughs> You're giving away our secrets, man. All right. Come back after the break, and we'll talk about more film. And we're back. Uh, <laughs> and I was talking over. Okay, that, that was it. Was it was a chaotic uh, re-entrance into this into the podcast? Well, we're just all so excited to talk about what we're going to talk about. Well, gonna, which, if you looked at the episode title, you know that already. Everyone but knows. As always, glasses must be re-moistened. Mine, they must be refreshed. Are, my glasses are drier than a. a hollowed out pit that you might keep a person in <laughs> those look pretty dank actually uh, that, i don't know the pit was dank was i feel blood and fingernails uh, dripping down you're some right chicken bones dry as a chicken bone that you're uh, trying to lure a dog into a pit that's with right. yeah. yeah um but we are going to open a beer get my uh, fucking dog <laughs> that i have been uh i've been holding I've been, I've been holding on to for a while this um this is a beer when i received when we received this uh, care package um, from John Yavuda. Oh, who, John, if, buddy. If you, if you remember... Great from, friend of the show. Helped us hit yes. our goal of 50. Fantastic friend of the show. Not that long ago. And if you remember the uh, Mid-Atlantic uh, Brewing papers News, that yeah, I, yeah. I, brought, yes. I brought by that had the article yes, he wrote about us uh-huh. uh, in it, uh, shouts out John. Um, Hell yeah. He, at... Uh, when... Oh. He helped us acquire these, yes. uh, these these West Virginia beers. Um, we had a great coffee porter. Or no, stout. It, was a, it was a stout. It was a Coal River, beer, right? So, yeah, Coal River. So oh, good. That, that was, was so good. good. Was shit. But he also gave us some other. He also uh, gave us some others and specifically said, like, I don't David, know, maybe I'm peeking at the ABV. <laughs> maybe they, you know, uh, there was uh, there was a middleman involved. A good friend of mine, shouts out Pete, um, said he was like, oh, you know, he said maybe do. Uh, have a tie-in with the film, maybe Silence of the Lambs. And oh. we have finally come around to doing Silence of the Lambs, so it seemed like the perfect time to Wait, break these Pete out. Wait, was that Pete or John? John, John suggested that right. to Pete. And so John, thank you. This is the first listener request we have yes. ever granted. Well, right. a great friend of the show request. Yeah. Uh, yes. And um, so I, br- I brought two beers out. Oh, The shit. first one that I'm going to crack is called Tumble Home. 
It's a barley wine, and oh. it says on the bottle, this is from Bridge Brew Works, the same uh, that um, did the Cool River. Yeah. And it says, like, the raging waves of the Gali River, this barley wine-style ale packs a punch. Tumble Home is named for the last drop of Lost Paddle, the longest class five rapid on the golly strong bruise uh, strong boozy and delicious this beer will have you riding the waves without setting foot in a boat cheers and this was bottled so it's had some time yeah. uh f- may 20th 2018 oh right almost very close uh, to almost my, three years very yeah. close to my birthday uh eight percent abv incredible so we'll get that going because if there was ever a uh, a beer to do a Silence of the Lambs, it would be a West Virginia beer. Yeah. And we're talking about Silence of the Lambs, as it turns out. We sure are, right? We, we thought if we're going to do Anthony Hopkins in this latest Academy Award-nominated turn um, in The Father, we needed to pair it with some classic Hopkins and... Magic. Magic would have been a great choice, yes. um, as would as would many other films, perhaps out of his uh, estimable catalog. Right? I mean, there, there's a lot that he's put out um, over his long career that we could have looked at, but it would have seemed like a missed opportunity if we hadn't chosen to tackle the film that he actually did win the Oscar for. Yep. That he's the role that he's most associated with yep. that he played over the course of three different films made him a superstar yeah that yeah absolutely a household name took him from being a well-respected actor who appeared in Magic. more dramatic and suspenseful fare yeah. but um to, to somebody who could really headline a blockbuster film uh essentially sounds of the lambs i mean you must have seen this in the theater joe when it came oh, out i did uh, i'm gonna tell you the second story of my mother my, I saw Silence of the Lambs with my mom, who is um, very conservative. The scene where Jodie Foster walks by and Mig says, I've cut myself. <laughs> Look at the blood! And he yeah. throws his semen into Jodie Foster's hair. Yes. My mom, in that very quiet moment, decided to lean over to me and say way too loud for the full, full theater, What was that? And that story has gone with me for the rest <laughs> of Ooh. my life. Wow. I said, this is my answer. Mom. And she dropped it, and I didn't ever have to explain it. But um, Wow. I saw that movie with my mother. That's that's incredible. I I went to see it with my strategy. I went to see it with my dad. Yeah, it was definitely one of those films where it was right on the edge of where he was comfortable bringing me to the theater to see R-rated films that like that. And I remember making the case that I wanted to because I was hearing so much about this film, and it was where I was. And and the trailer—it's a full-blown serial killer thriller. Yes, yes, and uh, and going to see it, loving it. I mean, I'll just. we can talk about how I feel about it now, but then loving it yeah. and convincing my dad to bring me a second time. It was one of the few films that I was ever successful at convincing my dad that it was worth going to the theater again to go see this film and actually re- was able to rope in a friend of mine to go with me that second time because I had told him how yeah. great the film was and how no, much No, it was an apt it. question, David. Of course, I saw it when it first came out and I've seen it a dozen times since. Well, uh, we're, we're the old men in the room. Carlos I was could ask. not have seen this when it came out. I was not alive. There you go. Um... I, I did see it when I was probably seventeen or eighteen. Yeah, it would have been 
around the time <clears throat> that I was in a, I had like a film studies kind of uh, class in high school, mm-hmm. and we did not watch this movie in that class. Probably a good choice on the part of your teacher. Yeah, he made a lot of questionable choices, so I wouldn't have put it past him. Uh, <laughs> but I was getting I was getting really into films. I was trying, attempting to experiment and like making short films and things like that. And I was just on this tear of like I have I need to see all of the best movies that yeah. are, that people talk about when they talk about the best movies. Like, and this is one of those films that and comes so this, up. Yeah, again this was one again. of them. So I you know, I watched this one around that time and I, I loved it. I mean it's I mean, it's it's great for a lot of reasons, um, but I hadn't revisited it in a while. Uh-huh, right? Uh, it had Nor been, had I. I think it had been years. a minute since that I had seen it. One of the things that I struck use, me was it is really graphic yeah. in a way that I did not recall. Yeah. I use a clip from it in a in my class, occasion one of my classes, um, and so I've seen that clip probably which clip fifteen times. Can I guess? Apart from sure the autopsy clip. No. <laughs> that the, oh, I, I know which one. It's the uh, false catching. Yeah. The, the yeah the it, uh, yeah the parallel the FBI show up to the, their guy, and when the doorbell rings, the door is answered is actually yes. Jodie Foster, exactly. who is uh, completely alone. Yeah. Masterful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a masterful sequence. Absolutely. So it's it's always great to show them. Look the bell, at how the bell, look at how the director here, the Jonathan Demme, is fooling you as the audience into believing that one thing is happening, while well, in fact the other. He yeah. creates this suspense that then he interrupts with an even worse situation than you think is unfolding. You know like that the, one. Yeah, that I remembered as it. I mean, it's not something that I, I don't because I've only seen the film maybe two times prior to this uh, viewing for this episode uh-huh. if someone said silence of the lambs that is not the first thing that i think about i the scene sure. the scene where he's being um transferred and they're in that huge room and there's that huge cage oh yeah like that yeah. imagery always really kind of struck cage, me sure yeah, yeah um but as it was happening i was like ah yes i remember this yeah. and i was watching it with kylie and i think she as you know an intelligent discerning Film goer, you could tell she was suspecting it at first, but I also probably hadn't seen it. Is in that like her 10 first or, time seeing it? No, I think she's seen it one other time oh, before okay. that, but it's been a very long time as yeah. well. And she was like, and she was like, oh, like she said something, and then right right before it was revealed, she was like, oh, it's the wrong house. Right? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but it's done. Oh, it's so. I mean, yeah. you know, there there are, there are sometimes where like, you know, it's it might not be something that's like reinventing the wheel or like yeah. it, it, something that is incredibly like innovative or whatever but it's just like the classics the classic moves when executed perfectly even if you can kind of see it coming a little bit even if you're you know mm-hmm. a little ahead of it and you know again a discerning enough film goer once it happens mm. you know it's like yes yeah so satisfying, satisfying to see it fucking done well so how what does it say that we're this far into our conversation and we didn't even bother to try to synopsize I don't think there's this a reason. there's probably not a reason right i mean most people are going to have seen this film but it's a it's a police procedural about catching a serial killer that um, an FBI and using another serial killer is, an fbi student is drawn up to the big leagues because she shows some kind of no 
I'm gonna stop. She's you being there. used. I'm gonna stop bait. you there. Yeah, there is absolutely no rhyme or reason for what? why any. Oh. Although she does show a lot of no, she, no, she's no, she's she can great. hold herself in a room with the she, other people. She yeah. does well, but it is wildly irresponsible and nonsensical for them to pick this person who oh. is clearly in the early stages, it seems, of her education. Yeah. No, for, for dramatic a, purposes, this no, she's it all works very well. Works. It all works very well, but yes, in a real life logistical context, real life, it's like, there's a lot of this film. I mean, th- <laughs> you so, should be fired, Crawford. <laughs> like, you should no I, longer have a job. I wanted this. to, you know, th- one of the things I wanted to talk about was. I, I still love this film, okay? I still think it's a really good film. I still think uh, I, I enjoyed there's myself so much, so much to sink your teeth into mm-hmm. there, and it's great storytelling. And, it, and I just said, it's a police procedural. I typically don't like police procedurals, but this is so much more than your typical police procedural because of the characters, because of the way they're built, the way that they fit together, the, the actors portraying these characters. But also some of that stuff, when you separate it and you kind of think about the actual, you know, sort of story elements being put into play here it's also fucking convenient i mean the, oh god the oh so you're a serial serial killer who happened to know these other serial killers who knows exactly what they're you know i mean the whole conceit yes. of that if yes. you start picking at it you're yeah. like oh this is really kind of dumb yeah but i didn't i didn't question that. <laughs> let, let me interject my one criticism okay it's the uh it's clarice and her roommate yeah I, yeah the friend that right. runs down the hall frantically that, yes um, piecing together uh, how to find the real Buffalo Bill yeah. on the bed, uh, on their bed right. when they're sitting looking at some notes. Mm-hmm. So that must mean, and that must mean, and that must mean, let's mm-hmm. go! And yeah. that's cheesy and shitty and just moves it right into where it needs to go for Carlos, the the, the climax, I'm sorry, David, that you show in class every year. Yeah, the, the climax. For her to go, yeah. Exactly, and that she accidentally stumbles into what the rest of the FBI doesn't understand. A great example of what you're talking about is um, Hannibal is like tied up and uh, Chilton, who is an absolute twat. Yeah, he's great. He's great at it. He's, yeah, he is good at it. There's also a lot of like very subtle, not very subtle, there's a lot of overt just like sexism towards Clarice. Sure. Like, over and over oh, again. Absolutely. And, and oh, absolutely. Like, it's a pretty very, one this time. In this very brutish kind of like, yeah. oh, gross kind of way. Like, not even trying to hide it kind of situations. Um, but whenever Chilton is like taunting Lecter as he's tied up and he's in Lecter's cell, and Lecter notices that he's left his pen on his clipboard, there's no way he could have gotten to that pen. He yeah. is literally bound yeah. to this fucking like dolly or whatever. Yeah. But nope, somehow he got it. And, <laughs> and I wrote that down whenever I I took I took notes in this uh, during this movie because it had been a very long time since I'd seen it. And I also felt like last week uh, when talking about Alien, I did not dial in enough because what do you I, when we were actually talking about it, i was like what do you say about it? i felt like totally unprepared to talk <laughs> it's about awesome. it it's awesome it's awesome right. it is, hey, it's great hey, and yeah. everyone knows it's great when you, and so i was like you know what i'm gonna but he's uh, saying he didn't academically okay, I did, okay. But you no, wanted, I did. you wanted I, I did to take not, the notes you wanted to be I, able did, to, I didn't prepare enough for alien and it was because i've seen it before and you know whatever yeah. and so the, this one i was like okay what do you say about I'm going to really dial in. I'm going to take notes and like it, whenever I have a thought so I don't forget it. And that was one where I saw it and I was like, come on, guy. Like, there's no <laughs> way he could have gotten that. Sure. But put your pen in my mouth, please. 
But the uh, turn around. First of all, we have to acknowledge that sweet Shore score. Love it when a Howard Shore credit pops up before mm. a film, then I know we're going to get something really tasty and delicious. It's a great score. Uh, I, some good, some I good. Love Howard Shore soundtrack as well. Some good songs. Yeah. You know the Q Lazarus uh, "Goodbye Horses" song. As yeah. much as it's a very unsettling. Uh, scene that that it plays over great well, song it seems obvious now tom petty's american girl oh, but it yeah. fits right into the scene sure like that absolutely you don't it like it right into, no oh. i i think i think that song is indicative of a period in pop music where People as long as you abducted. had a brief moment of extreme catchiness the rest of the song could be just kind of phoned in and it's like all right you know sorry um but we'll have our petty episode at some point. At some point, yeah. uh, I was about he to did go into the weeds again. Um, one thing that strikes me about this movie is I was watching it again this time. Obviously, we're watching it because of the Anthony Hopkinsness of it all, right? Right? Yeah. And he is good in this movie. Jodie Foster is better. Oh, sure. And she has heavier lifting to do. She has heavier lifting to do, but. It struck me immediately the first time that they're talking to each other that Anthony Hopkins has this character where there is just so much you can do with him and there's so much there like the yeah. you know and like and, <laughs> the there's, voice. And, and, and there's and there's all these kind of things the calm brutality that and yeah and you know thankfully and a lesser actor may have fallen victim to this and thankfully he doesn't and it is a um a demonstration of his mastery of the craft that he didn't fall into becoming too cartoonish and taking it too far but he with that character there is a certain level there's a certain amount that uh, how far you can take it that any other character in this film would not be allowed that same amount of like um, what is the word? Yeah, you can extravagance I mean, or like you know yeah. really get going over the top yeah. to a certain degree. Yeah. Eccentricity. Uh, he, I mean, he, eccentricity. Yeah, thank you. I he mean, pushes he pushes that limit as far as it can go before it gets bad, and he and because he does that, it's great. But Jodie Foster is given this task of, and it's it's like I said, it struck me in that first time that they're talking where she is having to show us through incredibly subtle facial expressions, subtle minor little changes in the tone of her voice mm-hmm. or the kind of trembling of her voice when you can tell she's getting, I mean, cause she has to, as an actress, tell us that she is disturbed by what she's hearing, but also doing a job, but well, but also maintaining face in front of him. And yeah, no, she's, she's, it's a multi-layered performance. There's, it's like, there is so much going on there and she does it so incredibly effectively. And with Buffalo It's like when you see somebody who's a really good singer, play somebody who's a bad singer and they yes. have to do it in a way that they're not aware of themselves being bad and you know yes. they're fully aware i mean it's it really is like you're seeing somebody who jody foster well it's interesting i mean you you probably listened to her interview with mark maron recently right i did it oh, okay worth listening to. I, I mean i listened to about 15 minutes of worth that. listening to um th- you know that point in her career she had just kind of come back for she kind of thought things were going to end came back with the accused yeah 
and nailed it, got an Oscar, but didn't actually like her performance in that film. And it's also gritty material. It's a gritty, yeah. yeah. And, they, and they talk about that somewhat. But I mean, she, I think she was still in a somewhat vulnerable state as an actress and thinking about what her career prospects were longer term mm-hmm. and doing this role. And it's just fascinating because I think to see somebody pull off a character as complex as this with all that going on makes it all the more kind of impressive that, yeah, she, I mean, she just really, but she had been acting since she was like, what, yeah. what age, four or five? I mean, she yeah. was really. Yeah. Was a taxi driver. It's, it's, it's also and, difficult to maintain a career that long. Oh, yeah. Um, and, make and, the transition and, and, from yeah. child Disney star and to. She, uh, and yeah. she's done a great job even you know, child recently, prostitute in this case, uh, and, and taxi driver. I believe it or not, folks, I don't know if you cracked. heard it. I've opened another beer. All right, this is. I don't know if it's the exact same recipe, but it's a, a barley wine. This time, bourbon barrel aged in collaboration with Smooth Ambler, which I've not done any research on. It's eleven point eight percent. Ooh, eleven point eight. That's the ABV I was eyeballing. <laughs> That's the one that we were getting excited about. Yeah, yeah the eight percent. Uh, I, you know, it's a great progression. But tonight. I. I, I I think the reason Foster's performance struck me so much in this viewing of it is that it didn't it didn't strike me in the same way when I originally saw it, and I think because at that time I wasn't I was uh, I was very much more focused on the story and the twists and turns yeah. and things like that, and I wasn't at that stage of uh, film goer where I was really paying attention to the performance of actors, and I think that. It's even a larger testament of how good she is that I never second guessed her at any point in yeah. it. I was just like, "Oh yeah, she's is this real person? This makes sense." Yeah, yeah. I'm moving on. Like, it's just so natural. She's we, so natural. In it. We mentioned the that final sequence where there's a false sense of yeah. her safety. Uh, the other sequence, though, that struck strikes struck me huh? again we're about to start the 11.8 that struck me again <laughs> as being after just as suspenseful was the his escape from the cage in the room mm. and the police that believe that the elevator what's happening with the yes, elevator yes. he's always one two three steps oh, ahead yeah. of them you would notice he, though if somebody was wearing someone else's face you probably would but you, again <laughs> he's for a master, dramatic though. purposes for like, dramatic he purposes is incredible at taking a face there off of a go. face yes. so uh, he did a fantastic All, job also uh, one of my notes was that the scene where he starts beating the orderly or the right. guard of the baton yeah. to the music to the music that was the only point in the film where I felt like Tony was kind of phoning it in a little bit. Like really? Hopkins, he was oh, kind of just no. like, we don't know him well enough to have phoned it in, though, when it, that performance occurs. Sure. I thought it was just beautiful style. I I just didn't feel like there was enough brutality in his performance. The blood splashing up onto his face. No, but, his, but his I don't physical think he, mannerisms. But I, of, but I think that's he doesn't see himself as a brutal being. Like no. he's, it, It's a very... He he takes like a clinical view of the killing process, and like he'll use force because he has to, but he's not doing it to be ostentatious about it. I don't know. That's it's fair. It, I don't know. Well, he's also going to get to the end. He's going to get to where he needs to be using yeah. whatever yeah. methods oh, he yeah, has. Oh yeah, right. But and if anything is being more playful than he should be about. It. Yeah. <laughs> With the elevator scene, you really do have to take yourself back to the first time you ever saw it yeah. because you know what is coming just like you do with yeah. the end sequence, but the end sequence is just so well edited mm. that you can still lose yourself in mm. it. With this one, we already know what's going on. But when he's in that ambulance and it's unfolding to the audience with the radio calls back and forth, mm-hmm. 
Then they reveal that that's not Anthony Hopkins shot up at the top of the elevator. And at that moment, he pulls that mask off. You still are confused. Yeah. But then it all comes clear when he pulls that face mask mask It's got off. the guy's hair and stuff, too. So yeah. I, I'll give it a little bit and of he's a He's got pass, blood man. all over his <laughs> yeah, face. Oh, and yeah. you know what he's about to get to yeah. do to the ambulance crew. It That's when his brutality is really unleashed. Up until that point, it's just... You know, everyone's telling you that right. this guy is what he is. But then you stay right, away. Right. Don't get close to the glass. Do not. You know, to, yeah. But at that point, you see, we have got ourselves a Jason Freddy level. <laughs> yeah. You know, mythos here yeah. with this Hannibal Lecter. It's yeah. fan, fan, fantastic. And you know, to kind of go back to what I was saying about Foster, uh, again, it struck me in this viewing of it that this really is her film more than it is his. To a, even though I don't know, its effect on like the zeitgeist in pop culture or whatever like might not represent that, but I think the actual film itself, mm-hmm. and I think that it's I feel like Howard Shore's score kind of represents that a little bit. I hmm. feel like the overall tone of it and the way he like constructs melody in this kind of elegant way i guess is more it's more showing you or telling you through the sounds who clarice is more so than who lector is it it, at some points it gets really sinister but for the most part it doesn't right and i it's a very interesting choice i feel like on his part and i think that just really even further cements in my mind that this movie is really for and about clarice than it is Hannibal. Yeah. Hannibal may be the one that we like to. Sure. I mean, I think it was written that way. I mean, after all, he he won supporting actor for for this, right? I mean, didn't he? Wasn't it supporting actor? I thought it was best actor, but I don't have the details. Why do I think? I I think it is best actor because that's the big five. You might be right. They won the big five. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He was best actor. I mean, he should have been supporting actor. (laughs) There's a time. Is there a time thing attached to it? That's (laughs) there is. But I believe that that's where the performance outweighs the screen the screen time no it's an indelible it is, it performance so and, it, and yeah. it, i mean i get it and but, it, but the but the book i imagine i haven't read it and the but film I do, is written yeah. as clarice's point yeah, of view and, and i think Anthony the film Hopkins just puts a performance up on the screen that you 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 can't mm. ignore it eclipses like you said right. in the, I, the, the image of silence of the lambs when you say it to anybody is anthony hopkins in the hockey mask or whatever mm-hmm. mask that is the nipples, yeah. you know, that, that yeah. whole thing. Um, yeah, beautiful film. I'm glad we talked about it. Yeah, yeah. Deeply disturbing, beautiful film. I'm sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and how, how and who amongst us hadn't gotten in front of a mirror, tucked it between our legs, and done the whole? <laughs> well, that's not. Even, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know that. that yeah, liars. I don't, I don't even feel liars. equipped to, to talk about Buffalo Bill as a character. Uh, <laughs> it's, I know it's, it's, it's that's tough. where the controversy lies. If there is any lasting yeah. controversy, uh, yeah. or how does it feel now in time? But I don't. Anyway, I, you're right. Let's not get into it. But. We have to talk about it places the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. We have to talk about the horror that is presented that these girls go through. Another interesting thing about this movie... We're not going to talk about it puts the lotion on its skin? We are. I'm I'm, I'm talking about Buffalo You did. You you talked about it. (laughs) What a good movie it is that there's so much attention to detail placed on it because there's a lot... I don't know if you guys noticed this or have ever noticed this before. I noticed this for the first time in this most recent viewing of this film. There's a lot of random like Nazi 
stuff in Buffalo Bill's house. Yeah. There are like yeah. several swastikas like yes. in random the, places. On a quilt. Yeah. The, the, yeah. yeah. The, I and mean, I was like, wait, what is what? Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's never at the forefront. Yeah. It's never shown to us in a real way. It was something you that have to notice it, it was something they did in the set design where they right. were like, we're going to make this feel as evil as possible and just kind of place these things where if you're really paying attention, you'll see them. But if you're not, you'll miss it because I yeah. missed it several times and yeah. then saw it. I thought that was very interesting. And also my last point, and it'll hopefully it alludes to a future episode that we do at some point. There's a scene where, um, well, I, I guess it's like the main scene where he's telling her put the lotion on the skin or else uh-huh. he gets the hose again, and he starts like screaming at her, right, like, in this real deep gutter yeah. kind of voice, and he's looking like right at her face or whatever, and it reminded me a lot of uh, of Tusk. No. There's a scene where he has Justin Long like tied up at the end yeah. of a dining table, and Michael Parks just starts like screaming at him and getting like really fucking crazy and like yeah. in his face. And I was like, man, Kevin Smith must like this movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. And he so does. at some point, we'll tackle Tusk, one of the greatest <laughs> movies of the 2010s, and we'll know exactly what scene to compare right, yeah. right then. Um, yeah, the, the, this is a dis- this is a disturbing film. It. What an iconic line, too. Yeah, like I mean, but like Joe pointed out, I mean, if there is a controversial aspect of the film, it's that we make this depiction of, you know, this sort of unimaginable evil be a Nazi, trans, curious kind of figure who, you know, clearly is coded as queer. And I think that's where... But it, but it is stated that he... It is pointed out that he's not really... He's just trying to get as far away Trans, from himself. Yeah, he's no. He's, I understand. He's using yeah. this as a as the only mechanism that he can think I, of. I to, agree. I mean, I think that it's they're so trying troubling. to make him into something more amorphous than a single kind of right. category would fit. All trans yeah. folks are crazy is not the message. I don't think that's for. what they intended, but I understand when there's so few depictions of anybody at who time, does that, that, yeah. that it carries a lot of weight and, right. and, and that's yeah. what kind of happens. And also I think you have the counterbalance of the true evil in the film, Lecter. Um, well, I, I think the true evil in the film, Lecter is, is so clearly, um, well, I mean, he, he's coded as slightly queer, but I, I think there's also he's clearly got this interest in Clarice yeah. the, and and women in general that they know of that kind what of did Meg say to you? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't. Right. Um, <laughs> this is a good impression, actually. Thank you. Very good. Do uh, to me, it, I can see being sensitive to that topic and 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 wanting to hold that torch. Yeah, but for me, I could see. That the sewing of the skin mm-hmm. makes him too crazy to take him seriously as a right some he's, kind of banner of I all. I mean, he's trans. not a trans anything. He is a he's you know, full blown. He's yeah. a full blown psychotic. Like, that is I so mean, yeah. I, he I, is a great representation of psych of psychopathy. I'm sure. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. That's degree, yeah, I mean, right. Whether it's an, it's or any, an extreme version well, of it's it. extreme. I think this idea of what yeah. a serial killer is. I mean, right. I have no serial killer well, the, okay, uh, indications in my mind, but and that if I'm going to imagine what a serial me. killer is, they're going to do some crazy shit right, to people. Right. And, and that yeah. was something that struck me is, I remember this as being one of the first times that I really thought about serial killers. I was young enough, this was, I was about 11 or 12, 12 when, when this did came the Ice-T album Serial Killer come out? I was 12 when this came out. Yeah, I was and in high so, school. 
No, I, early college. So I remember seeing it and and not having really. I mean, I had probably seen some little news packages on like the concept of serial killers, but never really thought about it that much. And I did not end up being one of those people who gravitated towards serial killers, which marks me as not part of the mainstream anymore, because it is clearly much more mainstream at this point to be really into serial I killers. So thrust it into the mainstream. Well, is I an think it did. I think it was part of what did. But God, the, comparing now to 1991, there's no there's no comparison. Sure. I mean. In 1991, you were lucky you would ha- like go to a bookstore and have to find a specialty shelf or something with, with books crime. on true crime yeah. or something. I now feel like now popular, yeah. it is so widespread, whether you're talking about podcasts, yeah. you're talking about movies, you're talking I, about I, television. I don't gravitate toward those. I don't, I don't, I don't, that's not my jam. No, but it's but it's a lot of people's movie. jams, yeah. and that's what it's interesting to see this and kind of think like, wow, when I saw this, it felt to me like it kind of stood alone. And it still does, but if it came out now, it would feel like it was just one of many films well, about serial killers. I know, killers. but that's a really know. false notion. It can't well, no, come I'm out just now saying because it led the no, way. I, but, but all I'm saying is that this is the it's base amazing of the how of... much that took off since then. Yeah, I, yeah you're I, right. You're right. I, I hear but what you're film, saying. But, but the film is, it's, oh, this film is owed that, I think. It mainstreamed it. The, this won the Academy Award and all of the awards. Right. Well, it's the here, only horror so. movie to have ever pulled off the Big Five. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's really the only horror movie that the Academy has ever really given a fuck about. Yeah, uh, until Get Out. Get Out. Yeah. yeah, if you don't, if you don't include nominations, but, there's always a horror film uh, maybe sprinkled in there. Barely, but, not yeah. many. You're right, but sprinkled yeah. horror and high uh, horror and in comedy, sci-fi. Well, yeah, no comedy has them. Two but, of the most criminally overlooked. The genres of film and when it comes to the Oscars. Those are Sci-fi get, but gets I, some effects awards and sound editing. Yeah, yeah I mean, and, it, and it's kind of changed a little bit recently. Like, Gravity did stuff. And, yeah. You know, there have been some moments, but for the... Historically, but, you know, I think David Toy... Or, Don't argue with Sandra Bullock ever. I would <laughs> never argue with Sandy B. Please. Yeah. Don't ever put that on me. <laughs> um, I, I think that... I think even if this did come out now, as it stands, it's... A quality enough. Film it's a well-made to film. Put it I, th- to, I think it could be. I think it could be seen as a really good film. Still, it just wouldn't feel as fresh. It wouldn't feel as oh, this is something different. Like it felt like. And again, but it's it hard. Like it's canon. hard for me to separate that from how old I was at the time yeah. and all that. But just this film felt so revelatory. Yeah. Revelatory. Um, Relevatory. Yeah, it opens your mind up to adult thought. It opened your mind up to adult. It did. Concepts. It did. It was well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Sexuality. Stephen, reading Stephen the, King at the same age did, did the same thing. For yeah, me. and that I'm, was alongside something yeah. that I'm not supposed to be seeing because I'm too young to see it. This is plumbing the depths of the human condition sure. in ways that I have not been privy to. And yeah, to huge mainstream success, which is uncommon. and it's being talked about by everybody. I mean, it was as yeah. big as a film can get. Yeah, and like we said took Hopkins from being an actor who was a well-respected, you know, stage performer and somebody who appeared in certain films that did, you know, again, respectable business, him. but it turned him into a yep. whole other level. And I think it did things for Foster's career where it really cemented her at a time where, yes, there was already some good foundation, but with this second she's Oscar real. before she yeah. even hit the age of 30, yeah. she, yeah, I mean, okay, she's so iconic. We have to sew it up then with a question of if we programmed a... a, a, a um, Foster episode, what two films would you pick? 
I think we have to do Taxi room. Driver. I think we have to do it since we've never done it before. Yeah. Although she's not in the film for ten minutes. I no. mean, we did Joker, a, so we've basically done Taxi. It's Driver. a film I, I I love to revisit. I do I do like Taxi Driver. I think it has its problems, but I I love the film. Um, if yeah. you say Gravity, I'm walking out the door. I wasn't Panic gonna say room. Gravity. No, uh, I don't know. Maybe I, said, I, I like Panic, Panic Room. room. He did. Just say Panic yeah, room? yeah. I heard you say it. I I like the Panic Room pick. I think that's a good one. Nell, probably not. No, I I haven't rewatched that since I saw it in the theater at the time, That's and I liked it fine project, then. But yeah. I bet I would probably not like it as much now. Right. Um, I really want to see the Mauritanian. Yeah, that, you that's you know I I feel like yeah. um, say it again. I said, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's one I need to catch up on. And and I'm curious to see, like, there's some stuff that I've skipped. Her whole The Beaver that she did with uh, Mel Gibson a few years back. For reasons that make sense. That, yeah, right. For Mel Gibson reasons, I've I've skipped. But I, I'm curious. I mean, she made the film. There's your episode oh, title, yeah. Carlos, for Mel Gibson reasons. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this was a fantastic. Carlos, thank you. This is a great idea. Well, it, Two w- different beers. Yeah. John Yavuda. Uh, same... Um, brewery but both barley wines but two diff way different abvs yeah yeah and different takes too yeah what do you think i we tried the tumble home first that was the uh, 8.0 their barley wine bridge brew i thought it was pretty good um Easy to throw back. Easy yeah. to throw back for a barley wine. I was yeah. for anything Not super at 8%. hot and boozy. I mean, it, it was it was nice. It's it was, pleasant. Um, you know, there there's some heft to it. It's mm-hmm. got some body, as you would expect with an eight percent barley wine. But I, I mean, I liked it. It was rich. It was it was something very easy to drink. Um, I think, especially in like the winter months, that that would be one that I would really like to have along to. Break it up from the stouts. I know you're the all stouts all the time in the winter, but you know barley wine can be nice to throw into the mix. Sure, yeah, for sure. I, it's, I like a barley wine for its ABV, so I'm always going to say if there's a choice, eleven point eight versus eight, I'm going to go with the eleven point eight. I'm expecting that warming sensation. Yeah, yeah. I'm expecting, but on both of the beers, and it must be a product of the brewery, or you guys educate me if I'm wrong. A lot lighter. For a barley wine, I expect lighter barley, in color or in lighter bar- in color. Lighter. The first in, one was a little lighter in color. Yeah, yeah I, I expect a barley wine to be more Pretty, like a stout in appearance yeah. when you pour it into the glass. Yeah, definitely yeah. d- 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 dark, dark, like a dark brown. maroon yeah. kind of brown. Yeah, I mean, the, I I will agree. I think the tumble down, tumble home was uh, was a little lighter in color than I think of typical barley wine. Right, I was off put by it. But but it still had body. It still had some heft to it. It had great flavor. Both of them had great flavor. Yeah. Oh yeah. When I go to the second one now, I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to get extra with that 11.8? There wasn't a lot there. I I definitely got some of the barrel. I mean, yeah, slightly sweeter. Yeah, there's something in there that brings in that kind of like you know woody barrel kind of character. I think there is a little more sweetness. It wasn't. Slightly boozier, uh-huh. but meh. but you know it was. It, it, we're talking about degrees of variation. Both not enjoyable. A, Please yeah. don't get me wrong. I'm just talking about expectations of when you say that barley you wine. Gonna, I'm thinking it's going to be something different something than these two were. But these were both enjoyable beers, and I very was glad to have the experience. Yeah, I like them both. That's a. I did prefer the barrel aged version though. Yeah, Bridge I, I mean, Brew Works is batting a thousand. I agree. I'm. Um, it's it's exciting to 
have a brewery like this that you just kind of know is is there and i mean i'm like when I'm, i make it to west virginia I'm i was like, gonna say in. i'm looking at a road trip this summer and uh <laughs> and I, I may have to try to figure out how to, i'd go through west virginia when i go that way oh so. and then bridge brew works seems like a i may be stopping in perfect bathroom stop it seems like and a no-brainer i also I'm gonna need the checkbook honey <laughs> um, <laughs> taking some of these home well, this has been another great episode of no Beer failure. Movie. No failure to be found. No failure to be found in any regard. Um, have you seen The Father? Have you seen... Of course, you've seen Silence of the Lambs. Come on. Um, have you had anything from Sun Lab or Bridge Brew Works? Please let us know. You can find us on all your favorite social media channels, Twitter at Beer and Movie Show, Instagram at Beer and a Movie, Facebook.com slash Beer and Movie TX. You can also check out Beer and Movie Podcast.com. There's a link to list all of our past episodes there. Uh, Patreon.com slash Beer and a Movie Podcast. $5 a month if you become a Patreon member gets you a bonus episode every single week. Uh, we talk about all sorts of stuff on there, not just beer and movies, but all sorts of topics. Um, and you can donate less if you like. You won't get those bonus episodes, but you'll be able to feel like you've done something really positive in the world, that you've affected some kind of positivity in the world. Uh, you can always donate more uh, as well if you want to flex on us because you really got it like that. By all means, go ahead and do that. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, subscribing helps you stay abreast on all of the most recent updated episodes. You'll be the first to know about them. Uh, when you rate and review, that helps us out a great deal. really does uh, on the platform. Um, we know you're going to give us that five-star rating, but please write a written review. If you do, I may just review your review on the podcast. Uh, so do not sleep on that opportunity to have me roast you live on the internet um and until next time i do wish we could chat longer but i'm having an old friend for dinner (laughs) 